Well, Pam, this may be my last uh, cicada update, but I know I know at your house you didn't see them quite as much. We had like one week. I kid you not. They were all over my mailbox. It was like a killing field around a tree in my front yard. It was loud, and then all of a sudden, they were gone. <laughs> as I told you earlier, I've been very lucky because I really don't have them in my yard. Every now and then, I'll see my dog chewing on stuff, which obviously there are a couple of them in the yard. But yesterday, I went to Trio. In Kenwood, they were everywhere. I mean, I got out of the car, and they were just swarming everywhere, and it was so loud. And we walked into Trio, and I think half the cicadas came with us, <laughs> and they are just, they're gross. I just want them to go away. Yeah, well, that's thats the, uh, if you guys are looking for cicadas, it looks like Kenwood's where you need to go. If you're trying <laughs> to stay away from cicadas. Come to Loveland. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. Well, well let's get this started. This is Eye on Loveland. This is the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for IonLoveland.com. I'm your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is definitely going to be staying away from Kenwood for a few weeks because uh, the cicadas are not her thing. That's the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. Okay, I'm going to start this off, Pam, with excerpt from last night's council meeting. We record these a day after the council meeting. It was a short meeting, but it seems to be, this seems to be the refrain from the council every single time they meet. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome when we live in our dream. Sorry, Pam. I uh, seem to get my, my, um, <laughs> my mute, my, my cues all mixed up here all the time. It seems like I lost the council meeting. <clears throat> For those of you guys that are like, oh my God, that is the greatest, catchiest song. How'd you come up with that, Ryan? Actually, that is from the Lego movie. For those of you that have, <laughs> don't have kids at all, have <laughs> not gone to see, which I'll tell you, hey, I, I loved the Lego movie. I thought it was great. But yes, that's what it is. I, they sit around up at the council meetings and they say, everything is awesome, Pam. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. That is absolutely 100% spot on as to what the attitude is there at and and at, at city council that, not, that's actually really really fun yes yeah and not to be the wet blanket here pam but everything is not awesome no. and i want to start with oak street we're going to talk a little bit about zoning and some of the things going on in the city gosh this was right before the pandemic i know it was 2020 there was uh we did a podcast about it we've talked a lot about it a development over on oak where they were going to put up like 60 something apartments or something four pretty big buildings four stories tall and the people that live around there which if you guys know that area there's a lot of i mean not super old homes but older homes there. it's a neighborhood right i, I mean it's a very established neighborhood and the people who live there are very neighborly, and they know each other. They like where they live. I know uh, one of them at this latest public hearing, we're going to talk about the development, talked about that, hey, we're not NIMBY people. NIMBY, for those of you guys who know, not in my backyard. But they're houses, like we said. These are detached houses. A lot of them are ranch houses or at most two stories tall. So you're looking at houses that are 14 feet, 20 feet high, you know, something along those ways. Well, this new development came up, this new idea the city was looking at, and the city manager's office recommended that the Planning and Zoning Commission grant them the, they're trying to change it to like medium density from low density, something like that. Anyways, they were going to build, I believe it was nine homes, detached homes, so it's better than the apartment complex in a lot of people's eyes. 
But the way if you looked at the design, they were going to have, they're going to build the homes above the garages. And there's a couple of homes on 2nd Street that are built kind of like this. So you have the garage and then the two stories. It actually makes it a three-story structure. It makes sense. Well, something that wasn't immediately clear in the renderings, like if you just looked at the renderings, some locals kind of looked into it and found out. The top floor, they were going to have open air uh, uh, decks, uh, seal, or uh, roofs, you know, open top roofs where you could go up and enjoy, have a nice view of the river, the city, enjoy that stuff. Now, Pam, let's think you're one of those ranch houses there, which are 12 to 14 feet high. You've got, you're living in the shadow now of a, what, a 30 to 40 foot yeah, high structure? You've got a fourth story, you've got a basically a four story structure. Mm-hmm. And people just kind of looking over and staring down into your yard. <laughs> See, it seems to be a privacy concern. Well, needless to say, a lot of people in the area, again, and we commend them for coming up and speaking for their area. They came out. This time, the Planning and Zoning Committee, though, Pam, did not reject the notion. They just tabled it. And there's talk of, well, they're going to work with the developers to find the right thing. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, I do. First off, maybe we should explain when you table something. What that means is that it can come back. They basically are doing exactly what you said, that they'll probably go back. The planning and zoning commission and the commissioners will go back and try to work with the developers to come up with something that might be more to the approval of the neighborhood. And so when you table something, the issue is not dead. The issue can come back. So be very clear on that because the people who came out and spoke against this really have to keep their eye on the issue because it didn't go away. But what I think is even more important here, Ryan, is that we're always told, especially during campaign season, oh, I'll be your community advocate. Oh, I'll listen to what, you know, the people want to have, uh, what, what, to see what the people want. I'll listen to the people. We hear that all the time about the fact that well, come to our meetings because we want to listen to the people. Well, the people came. And the truth of the matter is, is they didn't listen to the people. The truth of the matter is, is what they're doing now is that the city really is all about helping the developer and not listening to the people. Well, I wanted to bring up too, in that same planning and zoning meeting, there were three things. We're going to actually talk about all three things. The Last one is there's that development out on 48. So you think about what the people over on Oak and Second are dealing with over there. Over on 48, the people in Century Hill and some of those other neighborhoods, they've been really, I don't want to say trying to block the development, but trying to get a sense of, okay, is this development going to harm our communities in any way, be it our property values or traffic or things like that? It's, it's This process has gone on and on and on. Now, what's important is there is an agreement between the developer, they call it Blossom Hill, I believe now is what the development's called, but the developer over on that 48 and then the uh, the neighboring neighborhoods, there was an agreement that they were going to do certain things. The new development would not do these things. Well, already, they haven't even broken ground yet, Pam, and already they the developer is trying to change one of those things. And so Councilman Butler, who is the planning and zoning rep from the city council, he wanted to make sure that those people were going to be included, those uh, people in the established neighborhoods. And the planning and zoning commission, along with the developer themselves, said, look, this has gone on too long. Just let us do what we want. Let us move forward. 
I think that's the concern for some of the people on Oak Street. And it should be the concern for all of us is no matter what deals they say they're going to make with the people of Loveland, this city council, and in turn, our planning and zoning commission, at least three of those members, are working exclusively with the developers. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you're exactly right. And basically what, what they're telling you is, okay, well, we had the agreement. Yes, city council you know, said that we had an agreement here. City council voted on it. Everybody un- seemed to understand what the rules and parameters were of this particular development. And now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. And you're right. And all of a sudden now, the city has no problem with that. The council members don't seem to have any problem with that. The commission members have no problem with that. So yes, if you lived on Oak Street, and you're now kind of involved in in this particular issue, and you're concerned about this particular development, yeah, you need to be worried. Because the truth is, is that whatever agreements were, were made over on the other side here for 48, are basically out the window and there it's like, oh, you know, this has just gone on too long. Let's just do it. No, that's not how this works. And that is not listening to the people. No, that's absolutely. I mean, the the fact of the matter is with the city's development in particular, the city's moving in the wrong direction. Now, I would say the fact that the Kathy Bailey administration and, well, maybe we should actually call it the virtual vice mayor Rob Weisgerber administration because he's the one that's really in charge. They have not even looked outside of downtown when it comes to development of the city. They've completely neglected the majority of all of Loveland just to focus on a few little things downtown that only benefit either developers or business owners who don't even live in this community. As a matter of fact, almost everything they've done downtown has been a detriment to the people that live. I mean, unless you want to move downtown and you think, God, you know, as an adult human with a real job, you know what I really need? I need a bunch of people wandering around drinking and falling into my bushes at, you know, 12 o'clock at (laughs) night. If that's what you're looking for, downtown Loveland is the place for you. Yes. But everything is obviously so focused on just adult things, liquor in particular, everything. I mean, what, they're giving one developer, one uh, business owner, the ability to sell drinks right off the bike trail. Because that's what you you think as a biker or a walker. You're walking your dog. God, you know what I could really use right now? A cocktail. Because it's not bad enough that, or it's not it's not good enough for them to do it in their, in their business. The city council happily says, yeah, sure, just serve it right off the trail. Also, the other piece of that planning and zoning meeting is, and I'm not, I'm not getting on P&Z for this because they should be calling balls and strikes, and that's what they were doing. But I get on the city manager that, you have a business come in and say, oh, hey, we're going to be a self-serve brewery and you come in and give us a credit card. And if you've ever been to a great American ballpark, they have a, a similar thing. And you just go and drink. And I, I believe, again, I believe as Councilman Butler asked about, well, uh, how many people are going to work there? And they're like, oh, like two or three. So it's not even adding any economic benefit to the city. It's just adding more liquor because that's the only thing the city seems to care about. Am I wrong? No. Or this council? No, you're exactly right. And, you know, it's interesting because we've had what several, we've had a downtown master master plan committee, and then we have a comprehensive plan committee that's been studying uh, Loveland Madeira Road. And they do these various surveys. The truth is, is we have 13,000 people in Loveland, and they maybe get 300 responses. So, you know, yeah, take, yeah, take, take, it for what it, take, take that for whatever it's worth. But the point is, is that when you do look at the surveys and people do, when, and one of the questions is always, how do you describe Loveland? What is our identity or our characteristics? And it's always the same thing. It's family friendly, small town, quaint. I mean, that shows up consistently all the time in surveys. 
But it's interesting because nowhere in any of those surveys does it say, hey, we need more drinking establishments. We need more drunk people, you know, walking around in downtown. And that's the thing is what's happening here. And I think this new business that you're talking about, and I use that very lightly here, because part of the reason why we want businesses and commerce in our town is because it's supposed to bring jobs. It's supposed to stir economic activity. Okay, seriously, you're, you're building something that basically you have a key fob so I can go and drink? I mean, that's silliness. And you're right, P&Z is not to blame for that. But the city manager is to blame for that. Because they need to sit there and say, hey, that doesn't fit into our town. Because at the end of the day, we should be building a town around the things that people say is our identity, family-friendly. The point, though, is is the city and this city council under Kathy Bailey and the virtual mayor Weisgerber, they're building a city for drinkers. They're not building a city for families. They're building it for drinkers and partiers. And then, and, and I know you and I have talked about this, you know, you go down there sometimes and it's not at five o'clock where the problem is. The problem is at 11 o'clock when all of the people who've been drinking all day long are stumbling around on the bike trail. Now, you know, basically you have a park and a bike trail blocked by people who wandering around who are drunk. And now we're even hearing that there's a suggestion of a pedaling, what is it, one of those pedaling bike things with alcohol. Okay, seriously, we need that roaming around on the bike trail? I mean, what are we doing to our downtown? What is the city council building? I find this repulsive. Well, even the city manager recently talked about how they're going to redo Nisbet Park. And he even said, well, it's not really for the families because they want to reconfigure it so they could have whatever bands they always have down there to encourage people to sit there and drink. Again, the city manager himself said it's not really for families. One of their cronies, the head of the Chamber Alliance, when they were putting together an event, said, oh, it's not really for families. I mean, look, they they have turned downtown into that. That's what they have decided. That's been their dream. And that's the only thing they've worked on for three years. They haven't built anything new. They've just built on top of old things of, you know what? Hey, let's have another drink, another drink, another drink. And look, guys, if you talk to city manager Kennedy, he'll tell you all the time about how he's a couple of years away from retirement. It's like... uh, What's his name? Uh, Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapon movies. You know, I mean, you know, just one more day to retirement. Or he has no skin in this game. He doesn't care. And it's obvious that Mayor Bailey, virtual Mayor Weisgerber, and the council think, you know what? We like to drink. And Pam, I like to drink. Okay, you know, I like to have a drink too. But I don't need to go to downtown Loveland and wander around to four or five different places. Right. That's not drinking. That's having a drinking problem. Okay, I'm yes. not. I'm not in a fraternity anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I think in the one, one in in a previous podcast, I think I've said it. And if I didn't say it in a podcast, I said it privately. Is that we're creating this this college drinking culture without the benefit of the economic a- activity that a college brings into a city? It's crazy, Ryan. And then the other thing is. We talked about the fact that you have this comprehensive plan committee that's been concentrating on Loveland Madeira Road. Well, Ryan, you and I have read that report, and look what they're doing. Now they want to spread that whole drinking atmosphere all the way down West West Loveland Avenue and Loveland Madeira Road. Well, that's that's exactly—I'm glad you brought that up because— 
Guys, this is where you really need to pay attention when it comes to zoning and what's happening to the city. In my experience, master plans are exactly that. They're zoning maps. They tell you this is the direction we want things to go. And in this particular case, it's not just zoning of areas that the city owns. It's zoning of areas that private entities own, you know, areas that have gotten their zoning changes like what's going on at Oak Street right now. And now these master planners are envisioning a different process. So and I, I'm not entirely certain about this, but I know a lot of places, all they have to do to change all of that zoning is to have one hearing on this master plan. And most people are going to be like, Oh, and this thing, it's like the downtown plan. It's going to be a lot of nice pictures and look how great it is and look how awesome everything is. But at the core of it, you're seeing certain things being changed from light residential to heavy residential. I think we've mentioned this before. Mixed use. Mixed use. Yes. They're talking about doing some kind of mixed use thing over on Chestnut here. I remember there was talk of putting some kind of an apartment complex behind Wendy's. You look at these meetings and Pam... I am not going to discourage anybody from volunteering. But the people on this committee that are going to determine large areas of the city and what our zoning looks like, it's the same people on every single committee. I swear to God, I think the average person on the committee is on two or three committees, which means it's the exact same mindset. There's nothing new. It seems like Councilman Butler is the only one we can talk about because he's the only one that has a different voice. But I remember when he was a candidate in 2017, he talked about all these great, intelligent people he met on the campaign trail. They're not on these committees, or at least there's not a diversity of them on these committees. Again, I'm not disparaging who these people are, but they're the same people, which means they're they're repeating the same vision across the board. And at the end of the day, it comes in, the master planners say, this is what we want to do. They go to their planning and zoning meeting. They go to their master plan meeting. They go to their public relations committee meeting. And they just feel like, okay. And they're all the same exactly, people. All the same. Yes. So they, they don't have the better interest of the whole community at heart. They just have the interest of Mayor Bailey and Vice Mayor, virtual Vice Mayor Weisgerber. And it's a problem because downtown is not sustainable. We all see it. And if these council members would actually talk to anybody, you know, that has a kid, that has a family, or even people that don't want to do a pub crawl on a Tuesday night, they'd tell you, I don't go downtown. So where do you go? Well, you and I have talked a lot about opportunities on Loveland Madeira Road. Well, what's the city manager say at the last council meeting? We're going to do an entertainment district so we can get more liquor license. Yes. So that we can have more drunk people wandering around on our sidewalks. When you talk about revitalizing Loveland Madeira Road, yeah, I, I mean, it immediately popped into my head. Yeah, let's have more drunken people running around Loveland. I mean, this is insane. I keep using that word because it's just, it is insane. I mean, it's like people wake up. You're taking your ridiculous ideas downtown and now you're pushing it up to Loveland Madeira Road. Not only is it bad for families, Pam, that's just a moronic business structure. You used to live in the New Orleans area. My wife and I went down there a few years ago. Of course, you got to go down Bourbon Street. I don't think I'm buying a house there in the near future. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not to mention the fact when you live down there, one of the things that is always amazing to me is around four o'clock in the morning, all the water hoses come out because they have to hose down the streets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, is that, you know, all these people, you know, we made fun of it in the song about it's awesome to be part of a team. But the truth of the matter is, is that your team is your community. That's your team. Mm -hmm. You are an elected representative. You're supposed to represent the people. 
I want to go back, though, to this comprehensive plan, if we can, for a moment, because if you remember, when we talked about the historic committee, we talked about the boundaries, and we talked about the fact that they passed this historic committee regulations and this increased bureaucracy, but that it was concentrated on downtown. And remember, in our podcast, we said, guys, you know what? They're going to expand those boundaries. Guess what they're going to do, Ryan? If you look at the boundaries or if you look at this new zoning changes they want to make, they are going to, all of a sudden, things that were never part of this historic regulations and this bureaucracy, they will be now. We were exactly right. And here's the kicker, though. And they're going to do it through one hearing, and you're not even going to know it. No, they're, they're going to give you... I mean, you, that's the thing. Yeah, they're going to give you the least amount of yep. notification. Yep. And I mean, look, I'm still waiting for, I think the virtual vice mayor said we were going to have multiple hearings on what they were going to do with the land where they want to put the parking facility. I, I must have fallen asleep and went into the twilight zone or something, Pam, because now I live in a reality where the virtual vice mayor is not telling me the truth. And the city manager. Well, and is neither is Neil Ory because yeah, he yeah. promised that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when he rings your doorbell and he wants you to vote for him because he's your, your community advocate, just remind him that, hey, dude, where was my hearings? You know, where, where did I get my say in regards to the parking garage? Because it never happened. But I want to go back to the rezoning a little bit here because you touched on it a little bit is that not only would you now have maybe some of your homes and stuff are now basically going to be rezoned and absorbed into this new regulation and bureaucracy of what you can do to your private property. But the other thing is, is it's not only that, it could literally be your neighbor. So what about you live somewhere where they've now rezoned you and somebody buys the space that's next to your home And they decide, you know, what'd be really cool? Let's make a little bakery and a, um, you know, an outdoor coffee, whatever. They will be allowed to do that. So people need to pay attention to what this comprehensive plan committee is doing with changing the zoning regulations. Because all of a sudden, you now have that coffee shop and you now may have the donut shop there. And then guess what? Next to that, you might have a bar. Kennedy's already said, oh, this is exciting. We can make this into an entertainment district. All of a sudden, you're in, living in the middle of New Orleans. You know, we started with, with what the people over on Oak Street were doing. And they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And if you look at what the people over at Century Hill and those other areas off 48 did about the new Blossom Hill development, they did exactly what they should do. But the lesson the people on Oak Street need to learn is, the people on Century Hill said, okay, we can deal with the development. It's, it's, it's proper. They're working with us. That developer came back right away and said, we want to roll this back. And the Planning and Zoning Committee said, yes, okay. And the City Council is going to say, yes, okay. Councilman Butler, if you guys, he may be speaking it up, but it is a silent voice right now in there. And now with the master plan and just the fact that the city manager says, look how exciting it's going to be. Again, the only thing he mentions, Pam, the only thing is liquor licenses. This is how we can get more liquor into the city of Loveland. Guys, everything's not awesome, okay? I don't care if we have a bar. I don't. I don't care if we have a couple bars. I I go to Narrow Path. I go to Cappy's. But these are not sustainable things. 
the casual pint is now closed because we're not that big of a community. The restaurants, they're not that, they don't seat that many people. These are smaller buildings. And as we keep building the same kind of business again and again, it's not even that we're building a new bar now. We're building a bar that requires no employees. Our city's direction is solely on one thing, how we can get more people drunk. And look, I like to ride the bike trail. What I do not want to do is have to dodge five or six drunk people, Pam, as I you know, just try to get out of the area. <laughs> or find them on the side of the road oh, where they have gosh. to call the police because they think it's a dead, a dead body. body. Right, yes, which did happen, <laughs> Which folks. did happen. Again, you Oak Street people were cheering you on. People off 48 were cheering you on. But we need to understand, and the city council needs to understand, that it's not just them that are staying up for their community. It's the entire Loveland community. And the entire Loveland community is moving in the wrong direction. And it's time we move in the right direction, I guess what I'm saying. So we're going to keep a close eye on this master plan committee. We're going to call out what's going on because the Loveland City Council might want to go not say a thing at the council meetings and then go saying everything is awesome at the works after they all go meet as a quorum. You know, five of them go meet after every council meeting, and discuss whatever they do there. They may want to do it in the darkness, Pam, but we're not going to allow that. Ryan, I agree with you. And everyone needs to be very, very aware of and beware of this master plan and these zoning changes, because they will truly transform your city. I agree with you. What we, we are on the wrong path. We have done nothing but create a culture of drinking. And that is not who we are. That is, like I said, I opened it with the fact that people have always said that this is a family-friendly, small-town, quaint community. And that is not a culture of drinking. That, that's not what that's about. So we need to make a change of city council. And we need to make sure we have four seats that are up. Four seats will change the dynamics of city council. It will get you a new mayor, and we need a new mayor. And it will get you new representation of people who will understand what this city is about and put it on the right path. And the reality is, is we need to get rid of the four people who are going to be up for re-election. And they are the virtual vice mayor, Rob Weisgerber, who, as we've said, has been there for decades. Neil Ori, who promised that he would be your community advocate, and he doesn't have peep to say. You have Ted Phelps, who all he ever does is just agree with everybody else. And then you have Tim Butler. And guys, it's uh, the, the other thing I'm going to say here is it's not just that we could replace the mayor. Just go ask city manager Dave Kennedy. Just have a 10-minute conversation with you, and he'll tell you about he's going to retire soon. Those four people, they're in for four years, which means they are probably choosing the next city manager of Loveland. Yep. And the next city manager is going to be in charge of making sure of whether this vision goes forward with the culture of drinking or whether we correct that course Mm -hmm. and go back to what our town truly is. And so with all that being said, the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com, is a production of Ion Community. I keep forgetting, Pam. Ion Loveland is Loveland, Ohio's most trusted source for information. This episode is written, engineered, and mixed, uh, all that good stuff by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And that's it, Pam. I mean, I'm, I got to take my kid to the trampoline park now. Too bad there's not something family-friendly like that in Loveland. I got to go to Sims. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, boy, there's a novel concept again on Loveland Madeira Road. 
Everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a great rest of the week. And please remember, be informed, be involved, be influential. Blue skies, bouncy springs. We just named two awesome things. A Nobel Prize, a piece of string. You know what's awesome? Everything. Everything. Dogs and fleas. Allergies. A book of Greek antiquities. Brand new pants. A very old vest. Awesome items are the best. Everything you see or think or say is awesome!